Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Let me make sure Kelvin can hear me. Kelvin, how we doing? All right, I can hear you now. Can you hear me? You can hear me now. All right, well, look, I, I was up there giving you props and praise for looking fresh to death in your orange and green. How you doing over there, my man? I am doing wonderful, man. Uh, ready to get this show started, buddy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got a big show for you again. Brian Fulford and Kelvin Rozier coming up a little bit later. Joining us, uh, not only will be uh, the third member of this beautiful triumvirate that we have, that'll be uh, Kobe Hemingway. He'll be joining us a little bit. We've also got some big special guests coming up. A lot of big news. It's a loaded show, man. I don't know, you know, Kelvin, with my sinuses, the way they are, I don't know if my head can handle this today. Man, we gonna we we you know we got each other back, man. We family, so I got you. I'm a, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna have to do like Coach Simmons. I mean, we have to go two quarterback system today, buddy. We we may have to go two QB system today. <laughs> we gonna be oh high. man, yeah. Look, hey, uh, want to remind you or or thank you if you're watching us right now out on uh, YouTube. Uh, make sure to. Uh, Give a like and make sure you're subscribing to us on the YouTube, the Jericho Broadcast Network's page. If you're watching us on Facebook, make sure you're signed up with the ONG Strike Zone on Facebook. Follow us, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at ONG Strike Zone. All right, Kelvin. So, look, big show today. As mentioned, we're going to get into a little bit of talk about this Alabama State victory. Uh, first home win in the SWAC. So, we got to celebrate that. A dominating dominating performance by the defense. Beautiful. I mean, it was lovely to watch. Uh, we've also got some special guests coming up. Uh, the head rattler himself, uh, Coach Willie Simmons, will be joining us coming up at the bottom of the hour, about 25 after the hour for those of you. So uh, tell a friend. And uh, then top of the second hour, top of the second hour, we have the uh, head basketball coach, Robert McCullum, supposed to be joining us as well as the men's basketball team and, and the women have also started their practices over the past week. So we'll get a chance to talk to him about uh, the first week of practice and some of the things that uh, that happened over the uh, summer and just kind of spotlight their new guys. And uh, 
there he is, kind of joining us in. He's a full screen mode there. Uh, Kofi Hemingway, you back up a little bit, Kofi. You take a little. You got a extra close in there. All right, there you go. How you doing, Kofi? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Man, good. Good to see you. Good to see you. Glad you're able to get in here and get in on this. Um, hey, look, we got a lot to talk about. Big win for the Rattlers. Um, let's start it off, Kelvin. Uh, I I feel like uh, uh, Nostradamus. That's how I'm feeling. A lot of the stuff we talked about that we wanted to see happen, happened. So what are your first observations from the win on Saturday against Alabama State? The first thing I want to say is winning is hard. And um, the swag East is no joke, right? So I don't take it for granted. And when you uh, beat an opponent that just had scored 35 points the week before uh, against a good Bethune-Cookman team, and you shut them out, you completely – you hold them under 200 yards of total offense. Man, I, I have number but praise for the coaches and the players on this one. I, I really don't have any complaints. It still wasn't a complete game, but it's the fourth game of the season. I see progress, man. And I – so, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm on board. I've always been on the train anyway. And, by the way, I will point out that we would have had that 31 points had they not <laughs> – Called a safety back, and we had our missed field goal. So I'm 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 on schedule, baby. I'm on schedule. <laughs> well, as, as a point of clarification, it was not a safety. Uh, you know, Coach Simmons even pointed that out. If you caught the uh, Willie Simmons live show, the correct ruling it was the correct ruling by the officials. So uh, you know, I'm not going to poke out my chest and say. You know, I'm not happy that we didn't score 30 points. Let me just put it like that. I, I am not happy about that. But, you know, right, round one goes to me, you know. Uh, so, anyway, but we got the – you know, the, the other bet we should have done was fewest points. I think that's what we can go now. We can start talking about fewest points allowed in the SWAC because we have now gone eight quarters in the SWAC and only given up one score. That's impressive. Uh, Kofi, what's one of your big takeaways from the uh, from the weekend's win against Alabama State? It was a solid, methodical, I'm going to say it, A-Z-Z, as-whooping, delivered by the FAMU football team over the Alabama State Hornets. I would say the thing that really stuck out for me was the um, the two back sets that our football team came out on. And it was good to see that measure of creativity, um, to see how the um, the play calling, uh, even with the running game, managed to keep us in control of the game. Throws to the tight end, I think, also stood out to me. Uh, in addition, even though we lost for duel, Man, his replacement was just nailing the ball, just flipping the field. <laughs> Every time I looked up, the the ASU punter was running backwards to go and get the ball. And uh, it was a beautiful thing to see. Um, and then I want to say the student section, the family student section was just amazing during the game. And I uh, I enjoyed the game fully. So all those things definitely stood out to me. McKay was steady. It was not spectacular, but he was steady. And, um, <coughs> excuse me, good ball distribution. Uh, Xavier got the ball. Um, I saw an attempt to Pruitt. Excuse me. <coughs> I saw an attempt to Pruitt 
on one of the plays. And uh, I saw McKay with the uh, quarterback keeper, man. I thought that that was, that was my favorite play of the game, to watch him take the ball on his own and go around the right side for about 17, 18 yards. Yeah, that that was a that was an impressive play. That was a guts, uh, that was a guts play. That was a that was one of those as uh, Dabo might say. And he ran that, that man was, over too. He did, he did. I, I I was listening to I was listening again to uh, coaches' comments <laughs> on his show from Monday, and he was talking about that very play with Mike Thomas, talking about yeah he would have liked he, it was a learning experience because of Jackson State he had a similar play where he slid early. Uh, and didn't get the first down, and he he notated that uh, on this particular time, uh, Rashawn did a good job of looking for the the line marker, uh, the chain, and actually went pa- went past it, and then in so going past it, then he decided, oh, I got a guy I'm gonna take on, and just kind of took that guy out. So uh, a gutsy move by the quarterback, and it fired up everybody. So. And he he came out of it with no injuries. So that was a win-win-win all the way around. I'm going to talk about the fact that we ran the ball 32 times, <laughs> passed the ball 24 times. That's what I've been talking about. That's what that's what I've been talking about for the last three weeks. Why are you we, trying to we, take all the credit? Talking about I, I, I. We all been saying that it's <laughs> we, we. Yes, sir. Talk We've been talking burn, about that. I, we. We yes okay we've been talking. I'm still a little sore about the quarterback situation early in the year, so I'm just sorry. But anyway, we we were talking about we felt like what we needed to see the running game be a little. We wanted to see more of a 45 right? We got that. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not a quick math major, but uh, thirty two plus thirty two to twenty four. I mean, that's almost I, – I would guess that's probably 60-40 or real close to it. And and then the second thing that I really liked about the running game, the thunder before the lightning. The McLeod-Jennings combination started, and that is what set the pace for the lightning-quick Bishop Bonnet, I felt. What do you guys think about the running package of starting with the big backs versus going to the small backs, Kelvin? Uh, you know, I love it, man. We, 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 we've been talking about that. We were talking about having an offensive identity. And early on, when the season started, we thought it would be more Rat Boy, Gulf Coast. <clears throat> but as the season has progressed, our strengths are with the running game, both at the line, the, the, the offensive line, as well as uh, those stable of running backs. And, um, again, we had another game. Uh, that's every game this year so far against every opponent where our running backs have averaged over four yards a carry, every last one of them. So that's, that's you know, that, that's what we want. I think we have our identity, and, and let's let's keep to continue and, and win, baby. That's all. Let's win. <laughs> How about you, Kofi? Yeah, I would say um, not to look for that particular strategy every week because every opponent is different. So Coach Simmons and those are probably going to be looking at different um, different strategies based off of the opponent. So if he sees something that Bishop might be able to do that, uh, you know, McLeod won't be able to do, then you won't be able to see, you know what I'm saying? You'll be seeing different sets for different opponents. 
And but I if, we, if we 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 could very well see just some more creativity coming out of that backfield, and that's all I'm gonna say about that. Sure, but it, but if we start with that kind of presence, if we start a game with that running presence, and then hey, you you come stop us, you prove that you can stop our two big back sets, and and uh, and, and, and and then and then we go to the creativity a little bit later. But you know, there there are coaches. Uh, I mean, what we we've heard the great Bill Walsh, for example, used to script his first 15 plays and, you know, you get a feel for your opponent in that, in that uh, first 15 plays. And I'm not saying that that's what coach Simmons does or should do, but just doing what we do. And which is a, if we're going to say, we're going to bring two backs out and we're going to run two backs. And these guys are big bruisers. We got a good feel for our offensive line. We, we understand what McKay and the receivers uh, bring to the table Everything else is 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 water. I mean, let, you you stop us there. Show us you can stop, and then uh, and then we'll kind of see. So I, I I think we will see more of that. I, I hope we do see more of it until somebody proves that they can stop us. Look, I don't think we play another defense as good as Jackson State up front. Do you? You guys look on the schedule. No, Maybe no. Per- yeah, we don't no, play Prairie no, View, and we don't I play say, Auburn. I want to. I want to say this weekend is going to be interesting for me. I think it's going to – I think Alabama State's defense was definitely physical. Um, that was a knockdown, drag-out fight. It was a bloody battle. Um, yes, we could see by the number of Alabama State Hornets that were laying down there on the field. But um, for South Carolina State, South Carolina State has a history of D'ing us up really good, um, yeah. especially against the run. So yeah, a lot of this stuff comes down to scheme, but, you know, it's just like, uh, you know, they used to say, everybody says, you know, they got a plan until you get hit in the mouth. And I just think that uh, our physicality this year and our strength is much better. It's much stronger than it has been in years past. And we're showing uh, an ability to run the ball that we haven't shown in a long time. Hey, uh, enough about the offense, guys, because the real stars of Saturday was the defense. I mean, we I love we love offense, right? We gave we gave the offense a good ten minutes, but we got we got to talk about the defense, man. I don't, I mean, I don't know if we have a, a a nickname, Kofi. You seem to be the great historian of Rattler football and and uh, Rattler defensive nicknames. I mean, we we may have to start coming up with one for for this unit because uh, it seems like every week. Uh, it's a new person that's stepping to the forefront. Uh, this week it was Isaiah Land, who was not only the Box to Row National Player of the Week, he was the BCSN Defensive Player of the Week, uh, National Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, I, look, the swag, I know they gave it to Gramlin State, to the young man from Gramlin State, but I thought Isaiah Land impacted the game uh, unlike anything I've seen short of the guys from Jackson State against us early in the year uh let, let's uh, we'll swing it the other way Kofi how about the defensive presence that you saw from Isaiah Land and others well I want to say I mean we've been saying all year long that our defense is FBS caliber um it is definitely one of the top units and I think that people are going to see it even Coach Pugh um pointed out that this is a seasoned unit that it is um a unit with a lot of older players and we've got a ton of transfers. I, I, if, if you look at the roster, I believe over half of the defensive roster is transfers. 
especially at our key positions. And um, but they came out with a ton of intensity. They tackled well. They closed the lanes, the passing lanes down. They put pressure on the QB. They caused him to move off of his spot. Um, it was just a well-rounded thing. The only criticism I have is, you know, just discipline with those penalties. Those those 15-yard penalties, even with that, they were able to maintain a shutout, and I think that that's commendable. Uh, what, do you, what do you got, Kelvin? I'm going to look up those penalty stats while while you're talking. Go ahead. Yeah, we had double-digit penalties uh, that game. That stood out to me, too, over, and over 100 yards of penalties. So we definitely want to uh, clean that up. But that being said, um, the thing that stands out to me about our defense, um, period, and, and in this effort is there's not a, there's not many weakness, right? We have depth. We have good size in most of the positions. Um, there's no significant drop-off all the way to the third level. Um we don't have to blitz to get pressure. You know, we have pass rushers. We we have thumpers on the back end. Um, and so um, no matter what kind of offense we face, we will be positioned to uh, be able to co- scheme and game plan about around what, what the offense does because we just have that kind of level of talent. And, and as Kovac pointed out, and Coach P, this is a season group, right? A lot of grad transfers, a lot of two, three-year players who've been with the program, and they are only going to get better. The thing is, they haven't peaked. They're still right. learning to play together. They're still learning the system. They're still adding more to the schemes. So, um, man, you know, I expect this effort, maybe not a shutout, but I, I don't see a lot of teams getting more than 14 points against us. No, no matter how prolific their offense is, if we don't turn the ball over on offense, right? Um, you, you thought you both mentioned the penalties. We had uh, thirteen penalties for one hundred and thirty-three yards in comparison in comparison to Alabama State's seven penalties for seventy-two yards. Um, but then we we did make up for it though uh, a little bit in terms of the yardage numbers. Uh, Isaiah Land himself, I mean, he had, uh, I think, three or four tackles for loss for like 20 yards, three sacks for 18 yards. I may have those numbers backwards. Um, I I should know here. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, Yeah, it was four tackles for loss for 20 yards, three sacks for 18. So, I mean, that's 38 negative yards uh, just from from one guy's performance. And, And I thought he was just super quick. I mean... I watched him bull rush, you know, uh, that, I mean, first it was the right tackle, or I guess it was the left tackle. Then he moved to the other side and destroyed the right tackle. I mean, those guys from Alabama State didn't know what was coming at him. I mean, he looked like a young um, Lawrence Taylor out there, just just bull rushing people out of the way. I mean, that's how crazy it was. And a great interview he did on Monday, too, as part of the Willie Simmons live show. I encourage you all, to, if you didn't see it, Go back to Facebook uh, on the uh, FAMU Athletics page and go watch a great interview uh, with him and uh, Kamani uh, Young, I think it is, the tight end who scored uh, that touchdown, I believe, in the uh, first quarter. Uh, I I was really impressed by, I mean, when's the last time you saw a defense hold an opponent to two first downs and a half, 24 total yards of offense? 
Alabama State punted six consecutive times. I mean, that was – it was unbelievable. Now, in the same respect, I think the offense kind of slowed down. But, again, we're, we're not going to harp on the uh, – you know, it's like sometimes you, you feel like you can have those kind of moments when the defense is that dominant. I mean, they, they right. went three quarterbacks in that game, right? right. Let, me, let me say this, that, you know – they weren't – our offense didn't feel the need to do things because, um, you know, we're used to, I want to say, Florida ball where people are throwing the ball multiple times during the game. Um, you know, Coach Simmons uh, mentioned this on Monday that there wasn't a need to do all of that because of the way that the defense was playing. Now, going back to the defense – there was a play that really stood out to me, okay? Um, and I think it may bode well for Saturday just because South Carolina State, um, one of their key elements on all of their offenses, especially under Pew, has been the screen. So Alabama State, um, uh, I don't know if it's first or second half, but they lined up to really try to take advantage uh, uh, of our rush and our guys that broke through the line and they all recognized at the same time that it was a potential screen and they all put on breaks at the same time. That's coaching. That's coaching. That tells me that they're watching film, that they're looking at tendencies and they immediately shut that play down and was able to uh, get that guy either to throw the ball away or tackle for a loss. But that to me spoke volumes about, um, how this team is playing and it's not one dimensional. It's not one dimensional. It's not one dimensional. I don't even know how many, I don't know. Does Marquise Bell have an interception this year? I don't think he has one, um, but he's affecting the oh, game. Yeah. Yeah, and that was the point. other thing. Um, I, I'm seeing him line up in multiple spots all over the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. That tells me uh, a lot about just scheme and just creativity and, like Kelvin said, this group has not peaked yet. This group has yeah. not peaked yet. And I'm just I'm, – I'm excited because this these next two games are going to go a long way to showing um, how dominant this unit is or possibly will be. So we'll know within the next two games where we're at. Well, shout out to the uh, co-defensive coordinators, Ryan Smith, Coach uh, Ryan Smith, Coach Brandon Sharp. Uh, uh, they definitely deserve some praise for that unit. Uh, real quick, shout out to our people on the YouTube watching us: uh, Mary three hundred five, Montre Bennett, Dwayne Sweet. You know, shout out to you guys. Make sure uh, if you're watching us, make sure you're subscribed to the uh, YouTube channel over there. Give us a like and go ahead and tell somebody. Coming up in the next segment. I believe we have the head ball coach himself, Coach Willie Simmons, willing to come in and join us in the strike zone for the first time this year. And we get a chance to talk about uh, this game. But more importantly, the big news announcement that just dropped 24 hours ago, I guess within the last 24 hours, um, why not us? Why not FAMU, the docuseries, uh, coming to the Hill? So we get a chance to talk to him about that. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi will be back right after these words.
We're not live, are we? Bounty versus the old family dish towel. Drying with a fresh sheet of Bounty leaves your hands cleaner than a used dish towel that can carry and redistribute food residue. So ditch the dish towel for better hand hygiene. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you, got, you guys do for us. Scrolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to MyJBN.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Network. Tell everybody they can follow their dreams. Bounty versus the old family dish towel. All right, welcome back to the OG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, somewhere there, a little frozen, stuck in time. And uh, Kobe. He's doing a mannequin <laughs> challenge. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we may have to go, uh, we, you know, a little, uh, little, little freeze there. I'm sure we'll have Kelvin uh, back here in a moment. We're still uh, trying to reach out to uh, Coach Simmons. So, obviously, he's a very busy man. So, uh, I'm sure, you know, if we get an opportunity to have him on uh, as we planned, uh, we will. Uh, But so, what we'll do, uh, Kofi, while we're waiting on Kelvin and even possibly Coach Simmons, let's talk a little bit about what happened in the SWAC this past uh, weekend. Obviously, the biggest story, oh, yeah. yeah, the biggest story yeah. was Grambling State's upset over Alabama A&M. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Obviously, Cause, cause, not a uh, – I, I don't think that – what you say? Go ahead. Go ahead on. Well, I was just saying, I don't think that that wasn't a, um, a conference game in terms of counting on the schedule, was it? Let me, let me look at the yeah. slack standings. It was any loss in the swag counts. All right. Well, I, well, I know. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, maybe I'm used. I'm so I'm so twisted up because other conferences uh-huh. do and don't. But uh, yeah, what, what's, your so, what's your takeaway? What's your takeaway? Grambling State with a big upset. Well, my first takeaway is both Kelvin and I tried to explain to somebody who's wearing orange over there that going to Grambling was not going to be. <laughs> 
an easy task. We, I, I mean, we just tried to say that, hey, you're going to Grambling, you got to play well. And Akil, not to mention the Alabama A&M defense, has given up 41 points to South Carolina State. They gave up over 30 points to Cookman. They gave up 35 to Tuskegee. That's not necessarily a good look. You go in and you do six turnovers on the road like that. Uh, unfortunately, for Alabama A&M. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't think Glass is beating Grambling, Alcorn, or uh, what's the other team? Really? Southern he hadn't beaten them in, in his career. He hadn't beaten wow. Grambling or Alcorn. And I think it's another team he hadn't beaten either. Wow, did not did not know that. All right, uh, Kelvin, go ahead. You can gloat a little bit, man. I tell you, in this show, I take them, boy. I take them. You know, we ahead. ain't gonna let you forget. Now we ain't gonna let I, you. Forget. I know you won't. I know you won't. But when I There's get something right, it's all about. That we when, tried to when, tell you about too, but you ain't want to listen. But that's all right. Yeah, when I get something right, it's always we or no. Yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead, Kelvin. Well, you know, I'm I'm not gonna you know gloat or anything, you know, because you know this that's what I do, man. You know, I I try to get people to fetch, you know, and I what. I expected this to happen, and it happened. And um, Coca already gave you the, the stats and of why we thought this was possible. Gremlin, Gremlin's a prideful school. They're used to winning. They're used to big games. They're tough at home. Alabama A&M has some imperfections, right? So uh, all the signs pointed to, and then they had this, they had homecoming coming up against Jackson State and us. That's just a lot going on. We when we saw before the season started, when we saw this gauntlet that they had to maneuver through, we thought that it would be an issue. And um, then add to the fact that they played spring ball. This October's well, well, we'll see. I, I noticed that Alcorn State didn't play spring ball. They looking fresher. They look like they're improving. We looking fresh. We look like we're improving. And then. You know those things, Alabama and um, Those things play spring ball. Was even Jackson State against Delta State. You know you 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 was disappointed in that result. So I'm interested to see if that's a one off or if that's a trend. But uh, I, I either way, um, uh, I think as long as Alabama and them doesn't have a championship level defense, they would have trouble with Jackson State and family that debate in Huntsville. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I did. I definitely. I'm glad you did. Hopefully, nobody out there took my advice with the uh, first half with Alabama A&M because you would have been sorely disappointed in uh, how that one turned out. But uh, you know, the whole look ahead thing was a big topic of conversation, and Jackson State is this week, so we'll see. I'll, I'll, you know, although I, I've been trying to push back a little bit on that narrative about the look aheads because of just you know, I, I think it's the the we, we talk so much, coaches talk so much, I should say, about staying in the moment and focused on the game in front of you. And especially going on the road. I, I can see it if it's a home game. But I but I, I just find it hard to think going on the road, a hostile environment, and looking ahead past the people who are right in front of you. You know, I, I so I give more credit to gambling state than I will the whole look-ahead thing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let's move over to another game. 
Bethune Cookman and South Carolina State came into the ball game two winless teams. I don't think anyone predicted that. I, I'm pretty sure nobody predicted that going into the year, but that's what it was. And South Carolina State put up, you mentioned it earlier in the uh, in the show, put up 42 points in getting the 42-35 win over Bethune. I, I don't know, has anyone, i got to do the stats. Has anyone done the, any stats on the, uh, what's up, MIAC versus SWAC record right now? I You know, I got to, you know, I don't know. I'm just unofficial. I don't know what it is. But uh, Valley is the only team that won. Uh, the only SWAC team to beat a MEAC team? That's correct. Central beat well, no, that can't be that can't be right because uh, uh, Alabama A&M beat South Carolina State. Okay. That's right. So, two. You're right. You're cool. Two. Yeah, two. so it's, it's probably like two and two or three and two slanted towards the MEAC, I guess. Uh, but anyway... But really, this, the score was not indicative of the ball game because what? You had South Carolina State had a 42-7 lead after three quarters. And then all of a sudden, Bethune with four, four touchdowns in the fourth quarter, um, you know, to sort of make it look a little closer. What are your thoughts? I mean, what are your – I mean, this comes on the heels of South Carolina State getting – beaten up pretty bad by a New Mexico State squad. <clears throat> Do you get any kind of feel for either South Carolina State or Bethune after that game, Kofi? Um, Both schools are incredibly talented. Both schools have uh, a lot of speed. Uh, they've got a lot of athleticism. Um, and they will fight you to the very end. They're used to being in ball games where they win, you know, and um, it's important, you know, just really going forward that uh, teams that face them don't necessarily look at the record and just be like, oh, it's just, you know, so-and-so and they, you know, these teams are capable. I believe I believe at one point South Carolina State was up 42-7 to and Cookman yeah. managed to close the gap like that. So that tells me – Two things that South Carolina State is a fast starting team. Um, they take advantage of people's mistakes, and they're normally very aggressive in all three phases of the game. Even if you look at you know the special teams, they block kicks, they do punt uh, returns for touchdowns, kickoff returns for touchdowns. They do all kinds of things to flip the field and to get the the game to flow in their favor. So. In addition to that, they've got a, a a strong passing attack, and they always have a good running game. So, really, with that, um, I believe they put in their second team people, and when they yeah. put the second team people in, and they started flipping people in, then Cookman started taking advantage of that, and uh, they started coming back into the game and closed the gap. So, you know that that speaks to Cookman's heart. Uh, that speaks to uh, their scrappiness. And uh, their unwillingness to just concede a game. So uh, whoever plays either one of those teams has got to be ready to play for all four quarters. How about this? South Carolina State scored five of their six touchdowns were rushing touchdowns in the first three quarters. And technically, South Carolina State's defense didn't give up a touchdown, uh, you know, until 
um, let me see, until late in the uh, late in that fourth quarter, actually in the fourth quarter. And like you said, we don't know if that's that first or second unit because uh, Bethune Cookman had a kickoff return, ninety five yards in the ninety uh, five yard kickoff return in the first quarter. But other than that, no offensive production by Bethune until that second unit came in. Uh, what are your thoughts, Kelvin? Uh, South Carolina State, uh, Bethune. We'll, I'm sure we'll get into talking about more about South Carolina State, but just that game in general. I had a chance to watch that game, particularly the first half of it. And um, what stood out to me, uh, the young man uh, quarterback, I think he feels, and uh, he's a, he's a gunslinger. And then you had Shaq Davis on the outside who was there in 2019 also. Uh, the number one wide receiver, big kid, you know, I think about six two or so. And so those, those guys can play. But Bethune made a lot of mistakes. Bethune moved the ball in the first half, uh, but they had a lot of penalties. They had a, a turnover. Uh, and then the two of the touchdowns in the second quarter, because most of the touchdowns with South Carolina State came in the second quarter, uh, the, the create separation, it was just busted coverages where the receiver just ran a, a regular fly and um, the corner was playing zone and safety was, I don't know what he was doing, but, but uh, and it was just pitching, you know, so and it happened twice in that second quarter. So, um, I, 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 I'm starting to wonder if, if, if the throne is maybe, uh, at a breaking point, to be honest. The talent level is good. The, the talent level is still good. Now, they're still dangerous. But uh, I don't know. I know the coach seat is hot. I know the kids, you know, they, they feel in kind of some kind of way right now because they ain't winning. And, and their schedule is not going to get any easier. So so I'm thinking it's, they, they, they could break. It's, it's important they get a W this week. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm, I'm thinking in you know long range. I I, I need Bethune to win a couple games. I don't want to. I don't want a Bethune team coming in with uh, backs against the wall, looking like a season with with a, with zero wins coming into that game in November. I, I'm just I'm just saying. I I don't I don't want that Bethune team coming into Orlando like that. You know you know how cats get when they get backed up into a corner. Ain't nobody worried about that. They look, bro. I'm just they they, they ain't about that. to be up against the wall, and because uh, this schedule, yeah. schedule. Now, the only thing that I think may possibly, possibly work out is if the other teams that they play, uh, their injuries start to mount up, and Cookman's able to remain healthy, and they're able to take advantage of that. Um, but they've got Prairie View, bro. they got Jackson State. They've got Alcorn. They've got Grambling. And they got us. Yeah. Come on, man. Well, I know. I know. What's their record Well, look, uh, who? Right now, what's their record? Uh, who, Bethune? Yes. Owen, uh, 0-5, I believe. They're 0-5. So really? Mississippi Valley, Jackson State. Alcorn, Grambling, us, and Prairie View. They got Prairie View up next. So, yeah, ouch. 
It's, 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 it's. Now, I will say this. Cookman is talented enough to do some damage against Prairie View. If Prairie View comes in that game and they're like, oh, you know, it's just Cookman, blah, 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 they could be in for a rude away. Especially if Cookman gets off the mat and gets a victory this week, which I think they will because it is but though Cookman's homecoming. So uh, um, two things have got to happen, though. I mean, if Cookman does not win this game, I am fully expecting changes to be made. Wow. You lost homecoming in front of you heard it here first. Bro, homecoming and to Mississippi Valley. Uh, Speaking of Mississippi Valley. Speaking of Mississippi Valley State, another team that we will have to play in the East. Uh, How about their game, which, you know, they give up a one yard run with 25 seconds left to uh, Darius, uh, Darius uh, Richard. Um, on a nine-play, 82-yard drive. So now you're down 16 to 10. Uh, the extra point is missed. The extra point is missed. And then all they do is come back with the help of a uh, – uh, with the help of the kickoff, which is returned 25 yards, and then a face mask penalty. Almost – if you think about – remember how – that South Carolina State game went a few years back uh, where the FAMU, South Carolina State, where South Carolina State took the lead. We had like a three-touchdown lead. South Carolina State took the lead. They get a touchdown, but then on the stuff, they get a celebration call. They get like two penalties, which basically was like 30 yards. The kicker kicks it out of bounds, added another 15 yards, practically gave us a ball in right? <laughs> That's the swag, man. I mean, the impossible happens too often, right, for the home team, man. Those swag refs, man, you know, I I, I'm, I don't want to slam them too bad because, you know, you know, but, man, it's rough, man. Did you see our game? I mean, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, but, but, yeah. But they, still, they still had to take advantage of the opportunity. They got the extra down, too. Let's not forget that. Everybody thought the time was it ran out, and they got on time down when they scored. So, how do you call a delay of game penalty on the defense? Like, who does that except in the swag? That was the first time I have ever seen a delay <laughs> of game called on the defense. I'm like, how? Man, whatever. Can we talk about something else? Because these swag referees. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Ooh. All right. Uh, uh, so that's uh, that's sort of a swack roundup. Uh, when we come back, we'll kind of talk about uh, what's been happening with our uh, Lady Rattlers, uh, the volleyball program. We'll get into talk a little bit about the upcoming basketball season. Uh, and then a little bit later at the top of the second hour, we'll uh, have a few minutes with head coach Robert McCullum. And then we'll also get into talking about this upcoming contest with uh, Brad Gillins, who is very familiar with South Carolina State football. So thanks for watching. Stay tuned. We'll be back after these words. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, and Kofi will be back in just a moment. It was a a monumental game for A&M and Tampa. It was a monumental game. Somebody had to lose, and thank God 
It was them this time. We knew it was going to be a battle. Look at Jake Abe's record. 202 and 36, I think. Some some un, off the wall figures. And nobody would play him because they didn't want to take a chance of getting beat. But the truth of it is, over 46,000 tickets. Blacks were sitting on in, in the East Stands. Whites were sitting in the West Stands. And the score wound up uh, 34-28. The only thing we proved that uh, we weren't inferior. That we were not inferior and we were not afraid. For one night, for 160 minutes, we were better than them. I get the now bar, please. One dollar. Have a good one. Got it. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Let me get a now bar. Sure. One dollar. Appreciate you. Got it. Here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. <laughs> never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. Follow the Black College Sports Network and all of our shows on YouTube. You can find us at MyJBN Online and on all social media at MyBCSN1. You're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics. There's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. It was a, a monumental game for Adam and Tampa. It was a monumental game. Somebody had to lose, and thank God it was them this time. We knew it was going to be a battle. Look at Jake Avis' record. 202 and 36, I think. Some some un, off the wall figures. And nobody would play him because they didn't want to take a chance of getting beat. But the truth of it is, over 46,000 tickets. Blacks were sitting on in, in the East Stands. Whites were sitting in the West Stands. Back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian Fulford, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. We appreciate you uh, watching and tuning in with us. Uh, the show that covers all things Florida A&M University athletics related and culture. Uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at ONG Strike Zone right there uh, at ONG Strike Zone. Hey, download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app. Anytime our shows go live, You'll get a notification. You can go to your Google and Apple Play Store, search my JBN or my BCSN. Make sure you download that app. And uh, hey, if you're watching us on uh, YouTube, give a shout out to our folks on YouTube. Marcus Green jumped in there. Appreciate you, Joe King. Also uh, tuning in and watching on YouTube. Make sure you are uh, subscribed to the uh, my JBN YouTube page. We appreciate you. Uh, make sure to give a thumbs up to the show, and uh, we got to keep growing this network and uh, let Rattler Nation know we're out here giving out the quality content. Um, 
our Lady Rattlers, you know, again, we, we talked about the volleyball program. They, they're in this sort of mid-season slumber with only one game over a 14-day period. Obviously, we had the uh, the double dip up in Mississippi, came out of that one and one. Then we had uh, almost, uh, what, uh, a week? And we played uh, Bethune-Cookman on uh, the day before the uh, Alabama State football game over in Daytona Beach. We dominated them. I mean, that was no surprise. I mean, uh, beat them 3-0. Uh, just kind of see if there was any anything in particular that came out of that. I don't I don't really know uh, if there's any anything that specifically came out. I'm just kind of looking at the box score for the numbers. Uh, 25-19, 25-12, uh, Lady Rattlers had 47 kills to Bethune's 22, seven aces compared to one. Um, doubled them up on assist. Uh, actually, you know, Bethune had more blocks than us, but it is what it is. Uh, pretty spread out performance for the ladies. Uh, Isis Williams, Dominique Washington, each with 11 kills. Karina Presser with 10. Um, the Diggs, Jessa Long with 10. Washington with 6. Uh, Ukar with five, and then uh, Ukar with 40 assists. So, uh, again, Lady Rattlers improved to two and one in the conference, winning their friend. That was the first SWAC road win. So, that's, you know, first SWAC road win for the Lady Rattlers. Uh, just going to do a quick little brief look at the standings here, guys, just to kind of see where we are on the volleyball year, uh, Jackson State still rolling, uh, have not lost in the SWAT. So that's now their streak is up to 13 games. They went 9-0 and in the spring, 4-0 and so far this year. Arkansas Pine Bluff also, they are 3-0 and on the year. Texas Southern sitting at 2-0. and And then comes uh, FAMU, Grambling, and Alabama State at 2-1. and I want to encourage everybody, if you're in Tallahassee, I think we got the first home game coming up this weekend, correct, guys? Sunday. We got two games Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, doubleheader on Sunday, 9 a.m. versus Prairie View A&M, and then uh, 7 p.m. against Texas Southern. So uh, if you're traveling to Tallahassee to watch the game, uh, Saturday, uh, before you check out or before you hit the road, uh, pop over to Lawson Center, and hopefully you can catch that morning game, 9 a.m. That's uh, breakfast with the Lady Rattlers. Uh, I don't know. Where's a good breakfast spot you'd recommend people going to after that contest, Kelvin? Well, there's a Broken Egg, several of them around town, as well as a, a local favorite, a Canopy. Yeah. Kiki's, Bada Bean, Village Inn. All we right. got breakfast on Lock in Tallahassee. <laughs> nice. We do. Um, we do. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's let's talk. Uh, uh, there really hasn't been any other. I mean, obviously, men and women's basketball 
have started. But before I, before I get into that, because I've had a few people hit me up and kind of say, uh, what's the uh, what's the summary of the of the halftime show, the fifth quarter? So you know, for that, I go to Kobe Hemingway to give us the report on uh, what we saw, what he saw from the uh, Alabama State. Mar- what what do they call the marching band from Alabama State? Mighty Marching Hornets. Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, yeah, the, the group from Alabama State that came in in the hundred. So, Kofi, I, I I I yield the floor to you, sir. Well, my um, Alabama State has a good band. They came in. Um, they actually were a little bit more respectful. Um, a family pregame show, largely because they're one of the few bands in the SWAC that also does a pregame show. Um, and so they were pretty uh, tame until their team came out. That being said, they did what all SWAC bands have, uh, they do when they stand. They come and they really do a good job of supporting their team. Um, the halftime show, uh, they came out on the field, they did a salute to Soul Train. A lot of people didn't necessarily know exactly what it was that they put out there on the field. Um, there was no smoke. The train did not move. But they did play the Soul Train theme. Um, <laughs> then, then uh, you know, the, the Stingettes came out, and they did phenomenal. Um, they did a great routine, but that's not necessarily something that moves Bragg um, to a standing ovation unless you do something extremely spectacular. But the Stingettes are still um, – my favorite group or my number one group in the swag. Um, then they did like a brief one minute, like dance your team, move to the left, move to the right. And then the bumble, sorry, the, the honeybees came out and they killed it. They did flips and somersaults and splits and all kind of other stuff. And every, you know, Brad went up. I mean, it was, it was good. And that was actually one of the best honeybee routines that I've seen. I thought it was great, but that, in my opinion, actually saved their show, because other than that, I was ready to go to sleep. Um, then the uh, the 100 came out, man, and they did a dynamic opening formation. They did a salute to T-Pain. They put a top hat on the field. They put a martini glass, tipped the martini glass, fell T-Pain. Um, they, you know, the concert selection, um, in my honest opinion, was okay. Um, you know, I know that they reached with the uh, with the Joe piece. It did sound good, so that always is a plus, especially when you sound good. And the crowd, you know, appreciated it. But the dance routine, the hundreds dance routine was one of the best dance routines I've seen them do in years. I'm talking about back, like back 2010, 2008. The students were engaged. The crowd was engaged. And it was really no contest. And even with the social media response, they have gone viral on TikTok. They've gone viral on Twitter with the stuff that they've done. So kudos to the Market 100. The fifth quarter was good. It was solid. Um, Alabama State came in. I mean, they, they did what they do. I love their It Never Rains in Southern California. I love Liberian Girl. Uh, a couple of the songs that they played. Um, and... You know, the 100, you know, they held their own, which is something that a lot of people uh, in the SWAC um, 
have been banking their heads on for us to just get blown all the way out and just, you know, blah, blah, blah. But the only thing that I would have changed is the whole young and the restless piece, um, which is good and I love it and everything, but this is game number three. We heard it in game number one. There's no need to play it again in the pit. We've heard it now five times. So it's time to bury that one, put that one in the warm-up or put it away, and let's do something fresh for the fifth because you still have – Alabama A&M coming up. Actually, you got South Carolina State, so the fifth quarter's got to be good for them. You have a battle of the bands with Alabama A&M on Friday, a fifth quarter on Saturday with Alabama A&M, which will not be easy. They're not going to Valley. Um, but then you've got Grambling coming in here on homecoming, so that's going to be big, and that's going to be an extra long fit because of the traffic. It's 40,000 people that's going to probably, 50 probably, that's going to be in the vicinity along with what I believe is probably going to be um, the first or second, the largest or the second largest crowd ever in Bragg Stadium with homecoming. So uh, that's going to be a very entertaining fit. And then the next week, they play uh, Southern University. So they've got to really be on it. But all together, I give the 100 in the hand. Nice. Uh, Will Grambling, you mentioned Grambling for homecoming. Grambling's Grambling band is coming. All the bands are coming this year. Okay. Um, where was I? Oh, if you wanted to watch the fifth quarter, I know there's a lot of sites out there that are doing it. How would you recommend somebody to go and watch the rebroadcast or a broadcast of the fifth quarter? What what site would you recommend? Um, The paparazzi, the FAMU paparazzi, March 100 paparazzi is a good site, along with the FAMU bands. Um, if you follow them on March 100 on um, on YouTube, you could just type in FAMU versus Alabama State fifth quarter, and it will come up. And you'll see all of the sites or all of the groups that uh, that have taken it. Um, I, I still think that that FAMU-Alabama State game is going to be a huge game going forward, um, especially next year when we go to Montgomery. They'll see Rattler Nation in all of its glory. And... Um, it's going to be big, man. It's going to be big for not just this year, but in years to come. So I'm really looking forward to that game. Kelvin, any any takeaways from homecoming? You were in the house, uh, or, or not homecoming, but the band performances, halftime, fifth quarter. Uh, any, any takeaways you want to share? <clears throat> the standard is high with 100, and um, they're big in a lot of, as Kofi mentioned, they're big in a lot of um, – um, in terms of, uh, you know, T-Pain was very thankful. He acknowledged the, the show and explained that his uh, father was in the band. I, I used to come to the games and, and try to play the cadence and so forth. So um, anytime you're getting celebs, you know, uh, responding, um, I believe uh, Chloe responded to one, one of the things they did. So um, obviously they're doing some good things right now. They just need to continue to uh to uh be creative and and, and do what they do um because people are paying attention now the one thing that i will say um that the hundred has to 100 percent improve on is the engagement with the flow of the game the engagement with the flow of the game 
I want to see them, and I believe because this has been mentioned, but I believe that they're going to do um, a better job looking forward to what happens when the team makes a first down or a big play or a good defensive stop, even down to um, getting the crowd engaged when the defense is on the field, simply with the drum beat, defense, boom, boom, defense, you know, just getting out there and really staying engaged. So look forward, looking, I'm looking forward to hearing the riffs and to hear the little creative things that they're going to do to get the crowd even more engaged with the flow of the game. Did Brian go somewhere? All right, am I, am I back here, fellas? Sorry about that. Yes, sir. You good? All right. So I, I well, look, I, I thought you guys were going to go ahead and take us to commercial. So why why don't we do that? Get ready. Go ahead and go to commercial. Get ready. Come back for the top of the second hour. Uh, we'll check back and see if we got Coach McCollum joining us, and uh, we've got some other big news to share. So uh, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone, Brian Kelvin and Kofi. We'll be back right after these words. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here, the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Round Table, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way. You consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. 